0: This is the Nearside Low Podcast brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at NearsideLow underscore podcast. All right, here we are, Nearside Low Podcast Season 3, Episode 6, rolling right along. Uh, this is Charlie, and... This is Rick. There we go, uh, and we are back, folks. Uh, question of the uh, week recap, uh, I wrote in my notes here, 13 votes, ouch. So we were kind of voting on when we thought game time should start. 7 p.m. won with 46% of the vote, and 6 p.m. won it was second place with 31% of the vote. But unfortunately, I'm no statistician, Ray, but 13 votes, I don't know if it really ne- necessarily cut, yeah. it, uh, cut the mustard on that one, but that's eh, all right. It is what it is. So uh, moving on to our new question of the week, um, I'm going to let Ray take that one.
1: This week I was uh, discussing with a few other coaches what other sport. Best translates to water polo. So, if you have an athlete that's good at one sport, which of those sports best translates to water polo? Last week in the news, Nick Miller came up as one of the athletes of the week, one player for Desmet. Um, and in that article, was mentioned that he was uh, a goalie on their soccer team. Even this year, there's a, a number of players that have played other sports and have excelled at other sports. So, the four sports I'm going to propose are basketball i know adam heskett from parkway south who's been having a good season played basketball over parkway south football there's been a number of football players in the area including uh walker piles and ryan mendonza from uh parkway west soccer um, just mentioned nick miller but i know uh coach from over at parkway west the uh club brothers boy, were yeah. not all pretty bigly very soccer. good water polo players yeah. but they were good soccer players and uh, then hockey, there's been a couple of pl- hockey players over the years, uh, most notably uh, Jonathan Struckoff, who was the leading goal scorer in the area last year, uh, was a hockey goalie for Chaminade. I played with a guy named Mark Abram, who was also a very good two-meter, and he was a hockey player as well. So which of those four sports uh, do you think best translates to water polo? Coach, any, any thoughts
0: on that? Well, first of all, Ray, that is a great question. I would have to say that just looking at that right now, I'm going to shoot. Well, God, it's tough. Basketball, soccer, hockey—you um, know, any type of team sport that forces you have to play team defense and have a team offense and have your head on a swivel. Um, that's why I kind of always say that I feel like people that have played team sports growing up generally tend to be a little more successful in um, in water polo. So, I, you know, honestly, I don't know which one's gonna which one's going to win. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a bold prediction and say soccer is going to be the most voted for um, on the Twitter poll. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I I would have liked to have been involved in that conversation that you had. So uh, but maybe it'll be something we'll pick up a little bit later. So
1: a few other things I'll add. I mean, I've heard basketball argue just because of basketball, especially for those bigger guys with the bigger bodies who are boxing out, for that translates well to trying to hold position in two-meter other places in the pool. So, yeah, definitely curious to hear what you say. We left swimming out of this because a lot, a lot of people – Jump to swimming just because good swimmers can move in the pool. But uh, I'm curious your thoughts on, the, on these other four sports. So, we're going to ask two other questions this week, which uh, will not be in the form of the Twitter poll. Uh, the first is going to be every year for the state tournament, uh, we give out deck passes to the athletes who can be on the deck during the state tournament. Only those athletes who are going to be playing are allowed to get on the pool deck. In order to get on the pool deck, you need one of these deck passes. In the past, we just throw the Missouri water polo logo on there. Uh, but this year, we'd like to have a special 2019 deck pass um, design. For any of you that are good with graphic design, we'd love for you to send us a design for this for this deck pass. Please send that to web at mowaterpolo.com. We'd love to see... Uh some good designs. Uh if we get a couple of them, we will uh post them on the webpage to vote. Do you have any ideas, please please send them in. We'd we'd love to see them.
0: Yes, and that is web at mowaterpolo.com. And if I can get permission from our Mo Waterpolo uh site, I will uh just put that on Twitter when we tweet out our question of the week. We'll put up kind of a follow-up so um people can do that. That would be pretty exciting. And we promise that if anyone has any submissions and we know who you are, we will mention you on the podcast pretty exciting. Ray, let's talk about the weekend. Um, A lot of DeSmet invitational um, will be discussed a little bit later in our podcast with head coach Taylor Swires from DeSmet, but I know there were some things we did not touch on with him. We wanted to talk about some notable games. So what I put down in my notes were uh, Thursday night, Lindbergh and SLU both had big wins over Parkway West. Um, I know Parkway Central beat Ledoux. That was kind of a, um, a little bit of a shocker, I think, for some people. And then I don't know if you were at that first game, but I think the most notable uh, upset of the tournament was the Parkway South over number one seed Fenwick. Were you were you in the stands for that one, Ray? Uh,
1: I was pulling up to the rackplex when that one ended, but I, I certainly heard a lot about it.
0: In that game, Parkway
1: South beat Fenwick nine eight, which is a huge win for Parkway South. Um, yes, Fenwick was just getting off the bus, but I mean, regardless, I mean, you got to play the game and you got to win the game, and that's a, that's a great win for for Parkway South. Three teams went four and one on the weekend that or left with one loss uh, over the course of the weekend. The, those teams being Parkway South, Fenwick, and Slough High. So uh, overall, yeah, great weekend with a lot of close games sycamore this met game uh it was a seven six overtime game on friday was exciting um there was also a few others that were very close the last couple of games the south sycamore slew stevenson fenwick parkway west were all all games that were were pretty exciting to watch the love the round robin format always always one of the top tournaments of the year just because we get so many close games and out of town teams coming into play
0: all right it was it was exciting edge-of-your-seat stuff, and we had a lot of great games. So we did want to mention the all-tournament team that was selected. Uh, It was announced on Saturday night, I think after the Fenwick Parkway West game, so not a lot of people there for that, but we want to give a shout-out to all the kids, because quite a few St. Louis kids on there. From Chicago, actually, though, uh, Peyton Comstock um, the Fenwick two meter, who I think is going to, uh, Navy, Navy or air force, Navy, Navy.
1: Navy. Navy yes. Yep. He
0: was, uh, he was nominated at to all tournament team and was the MVP. Um, and then some of our local crew, uh, Marco Turzik from Parkway South, a senior, uh, Michael Kreinkamp. Um, I don't know who's related to, but, uh, a junior from St. Louis U high, uh, Alex Nazca from Parkway West. Tanner Whitson, a uh, sophomore from Kirkwood. Uh, Will Doyle from Lindbergh. And then Jay Dolan was uh, nominated as the goalie from DeSmet. So we just wanted to congratulate all of those individuals on a job well done. And I'm sure there were there were other people that played phenomenally over the weekend. But they, obviously the coaches can't recognize everybody. So we wanted to throw that out there.
1: Real quick, I'll add on those teams. So uh, Peyton Comstock was the MVP of the tournament. I thought he was phenomenal for Fedwick. Definitely uh, led um, a lot of things that were going on there, and then I'll I'll add to your your last point as well. All all seven of those players we just named were very well deserving, and I I agree with all of them. But there were a lot of players that were in discussions for these awards, and there are definitely some very worthy players that were left off. But what do you have, seven? Sp- Spots. You have seven spots and that's how it that's how it lies. But uh great it, those those players played excellent this weekend. Also it was good to see some of the other some of these players as well.
0: The Desmed Invite was not the only tournament in town this past week and we have the Lafayette MICDS tournament, and I know um you have a little more insight on that one, Ray.
1: Yeah, so uh that was going on at MICDS. Uh, MICDS took first place in that tournament. Uh Lafayette took second and then Chaminade, Hisdale South, Oakville, and Panville were the four other teams that played in that tournament sounded like there were some good games uh, throughout the day uh oakville penville was an 8-4 game saturday afternoon once again just uh good to see that tournament micds uh, as we talked about last week has been playing playing better over uh has been getting better over the course of, of the season definitely has a strong strong player and some other good uh supporting players as well so a couple of people came in from chicago to help with that tournament as well so always great to have great tournaments and Maybe next year we can split up the tournaments so they're not both on the same weekend. and might be able to get for teams and a little bit more visibility for, for both
0: tournaments. All righty. And rolling into water polo in the news. Our good friend at the West County News Magazine, Warren Mays, wrote an article on the uh, girls' water polo tournament that was hosted at Lafayette. You can find that at westnewsmagazine.com. Just go to the sports section, and you should be able to find that. I would assume that it is in the print edition. I have not checked the print edition to see if there's if there is a write up on it there, but that's something to check out. Um, And then Ray, I'll let you touch on the athlete of the week.
1: As I mentioned a little bit earlier, Nick Miller uh, was recognized in the April four edition of uh, at of the week sorry for uh leaving that off uh the last couple of weeks but uh as I've, as I've gotten to watch this event over the last couple weeks i've seen alex and tegan thomas but i've also been really impressed with um, nick miller as well as some of the other supporting cast on that team he played really well this weekend and it's always good to see water bowl players being recognized by post Dispatch. so
0: congrats nick all righty uh and then rolling into ray i'm probably going to be up pacing in my living room till 1 a.m because there is an upcoming game that should be relatively exciting tomorrow, and that is Parkway South versus Parkway West at Parkway South, my old home pool. Um, it's never easy to play there, and I know that Parkway South is riding high after the big victory. So um, if anyone is interested, 430 JV, 530 Varsity, Parkway South versus Parkway West for the Parkway School Bragging Rights Monday night. So should be a good one. I know I'll be there.
1: I'd be able to make that one, but that is uh, very intriguing matchup uh, those teams have not yet met uh, this year so uh, we'll see how they match up both teams played obviously a ton of games this weekend hopefully they they rested up on Sunday and will be ready to go on Monday but yeah that should that should be a real good one uh, Monday
0: evening Lindbergh is hosting hosting the Lindbergh JV Invitational this upcoming weekend um, which obviously will be at Lindbergh so that should be pretty exciting quite a few good teams that are going to be there
1: So uh, real quick on the Lindbergh JV invite, that will be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday over at Lindbergh. That'll be Lindbergh, Oakville, Parkway West, Clayton, Kirkwood, Ladue, Parkway South, and DeSmet will be the JV teams that will be uh, competing in that event.
0: JBS Invitational. Uh, Looks like we've got Oakville, Clayton, Summit, South, North, and JBS. Uh, You got anything you want to add on that, Ray?
1: John Burroughs has been hosting the last few years. Should be some close games in that tournament as well.
0: Right. And and the crazy thing is, Ray, we are rolling into the end of the season here. Um, you have in your notes here the start of senior nights. I know I think April 24th uh, we are playing Lafayette for our senior night. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're quickly arriving to the end of the year district seed meeting. So crazy to think the season's flying by. But um, those are definitely be some games to look forward to as we say goodbye to our seniors.
1: I always like seeing the Senior nights, but uh, we'll also be keeping our eye out for, for any other players that are going to be playing college next year. I mean, as we always talk about, we love seeing players play club water polo. That's what I did in college, I had an awesome time doing so. Um, but we'll also try to announce when we hear if players are going to be playing at the D1, 2, or 3 level uh, as well.
0: Right. So keep us informed. All right. Our team of the week, Ray, take so, it away.
1: So, team of the week uh, this week, we're going to go with Parkway South. Awesome win for them, as I said, over Fedwick. Uh, they've been trending up, as we've said, over the last couple of weeks. I, I enjoyed watching them this weekend. They've got a few players on their team uh, across the board that can contribute. So, uh, yeah, that Monday night matchup between Parkway West and Parkway South uh, should be a good one. Congrats to Coach McGinnis, Coach Ward, and uh, the rest of the crew over at Parkway South.
0: Yes, 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 yes. All righty, and I think that about wraps it up. Stay tuned. Uh, we have Coach Taylor Swires from DeSmet on. This is Charlie this is Ray. And we are signing off. And here we are here Side Low Podcast, Charlie and Ray and our special guest uh, from Jesuit uh, Head Coach Taylor Swires, who we have had on before. Um, so like we always like to do, uh, Coach, uh, welcome. And, Thanks for uh, having me, guys. Yeah, and if you could give us, we know, uh, head coach of DeSmet, uh, tell us where you played in high school. I know you went out in college. If you just give us a quick rundown for those of you, uh, for those of listeners that have not heard our uh, original podcast with you.
2: Of course, yeah. Um, I'm a local guy from St. Louis. I actually went to the now defunct uh, University City High School uh, water polo program, or the high school is not defunct, the program is, um, some of the greats, such as the Casey brothers, and then me much farther down the line. But yeah, um, I, I played at U-City 15 years ago, and um, then I went out to Southern California and played uh, five years out at the University of Redlands. Um, quite an eye-opener there. And ever since then, I've been back in the club coaching world, kind of traveling all over with Slap and Coach Miguel. Um, most most people around town, at least if they ha- if they don't know me, they've seen my face or heard my voice, I'm sure. And then uh, the past two years, I've been the head coach at DeSmet, taking over for Miguel. So it's been kind of a, uh, a, a local uh, water polo experience, but I've kind of been all over the place as well. Great.
0: Great. And so obviously we wanted to have you on because we had a uh, relatively big tournament that uh, you, were, uh, you and your team and parents were uh, in charge of hosting. So talk to us a little bit about the uh, DeSmet Invitational. What was your assessment of the tournament um, this particular year?
2: yeah of course uh this year was uh quite a success we had um four out of town teams come by all four of them have been before so it's at this point it's sort of becoming a ritual a tradition sort of thing that these programs are coming down we did have uh stevenson high school from chicago and fenwick high school from chicago um both of them are um two of the top you know traditional powerhouse programs up there i came down again and were excellent uh, de la salle um, There's another Chicago school they usually come down. And then uh, Nick Helwigs, uh, who's a St. Louis guy, his team from Cincinnati Sycamore High School, they also came down. And um, this is their second year coming. They had a a pretty strong team as well. They gave a lot of teams a couple good games and won a few as well. So it's a good field. Uh, Everything kind of worked out, no issues with much.
1: One thing that always stands out about the Smet invite is, uh, the parents who help uh, put it together, whether by working the table or by the hospitality. I mean, that's something that definitely draws um, something, some of these out-of-town teams to come down and play. So um, just talk a little bit about uh, their contributions to the weekend as well.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. I mean, I Sam I, Ray in the club coaching and, and, and Charlie in both high school and club coaching. It, it's, it's you know, as much as I'm sure we do, coaching water bowl is not our full-time gig. So it gets a little... It gets a little hectic when you're trying to run a water polo team and do everything else in life as well. So for me personally, especially since I'm not a teacher at this met, and you know I've got a limited schedule as is, and I'm coaching club and I'm coaching high school. Um, I, I mean, it would literally be impossible for me to put this tournament on without all the help from my parents. I mean, everything from organizing meal schedules to donating food to you know organize or you know putting together senior night posters and. You know, everything under the sun um, is really the parents doing, and I'm just kind of along for the ride. But, I mean, you're right. The Part of the reason that, you know, it's hard to take a team down. It's it's one thing to take a, a travel team or a club team to another state and play in a tournament. It's another to take a high school team, um, you know, somewhere to, to do that. And, Charlie, I'm sure you, you can relate is that to that as well. You know, it's it's just a ton of work. And one of the things that I, I like to think that brings these teams back and, and, and you know, makes it a little more enjoyable and stress-free is all the hospitality that gets provided um, by the parents, whether it's donating some, you know, cookies, chips, and Gatorades, or spending their Friday evening, Saturday morning, you know, slow cooking some pulled pork or whatever it is for everybody. Um, You know, the Dismet also usually happens to be on the Masters weekend as well. So anytime there's not a game, you're, you're likely to find four or five officials in the hospitality room chowing down on food watching the you know second and third day of the masters so um it, you know it's, it's a good between all, all of that it's, it's a comfortable environment we like to make sure everybody's taken care of you know typically we get you know some of the best officials in, in town and then a few people out of town that we can hopefully try and bring in each year but you know we like to think the hospitality part aspect of it brings people back as well
1: so we'll talk a little bit about about uh, each of our takeaways from the weekend. One thing that I'll say, just observing some games, I, I was really impressed with the goalie play overall throughout the weekend. Uh, yeah, Jay, Dolan, yeah. Jay Dolan won uh, tournament goalie, uh, is picked by the coach and referees, but I thought John McCabe from SLU had an excellent weekend. Uh, Eric Jensen uh, kept Weston against Fenwick uh, in that last game. I was impressed by both Fenwick and Stevenson's goaltenders. We all know so uh Lindbergh is a solid goalie. So overall, I thought the goalie play was uh, some of the best that I've seen in the tournament uh, in a while.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would agree there. I mean, uh, obviously, I've got a very strong goaltender in Jay Dolan. He's, he's you know, one, one, one of the, if not the best, you know, top two in the area. I mean, he played outstanding. This was, uh, I believe, on Thursday night was the first time all season we, we've, as a team, we've let in more than nine goals. First time we've hit double digits, we did – I think we led up 10 to South. But, you know, I mean, he played great, and he's been a stud all year. But if you're 100% right. John McCabe at Slew played excellent um, when I was tallying the votes for the all-tournament teams. He got quite a few. You know, last year was a little more open, a little more spread out between goalies as far as who – between the officials and coaches as far as who was um, voting for who. This year it pretty much came down to John and Jay – um, both of them played really well, though. I was actually really impressed by the, um, I mean, the Fenwick goalie was really solid. Lindbergh goalie was solid as well. The Stevenson goalie, little bitty guy, man, he was great. His goalie yeah. cap looked like it barely, <laughs> his goalie cap looked like it barely fit on him. He was stopping. He made yeah. some really good saves. He's aggressive coming out. He's getting the ball down the pool. I, I don't, I, I would imagine he's probably 16 years old, but yeah. that kid's going to be good. I mean, he's, he was real solid. I was impressed by him as well. Right. I don't know the name or, I, or I'd address him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and Benton Fawners, the guy we're talking about from Lindbergh as well. Just so we throw out all those names, but yeah, completely agree, completely agree about Stevenson goalie as well.
0: So uh, round robin format. I know when you sent the schedule out, I think my first response to you, and it looked like it made (laughs) it in the West County News magazine, was this is the tournament of death. So um, you obviously kind of set up some really good matches, and it's moved away from that kind of you know tournament win and move on and kind of bracket so on and so forth. So. Um, you know, how did you think that worked out? And do you see any changes, um, away from the kind of just like kind of, kind of seeding everybody and just letting them play as many competitive games as possible in the future?
2: The, the, one of the things for me is I I get a little self-conscious about it going, Hey, I hope one coach doesn't think I'm totally screwing them because they got all these hard games, this and that. Um, it's, it's, you know, in my mind, all the games leading up to our district tournament are, are you know, time to develop and get better and improve as a team, whether you drop one in, you know, late March or you drop one in late April, you know, it's all about getting better. So, you know, I think most coaches will probably share that sentiment with me. Now, do you want to win all your games? Of course. Do you want to play slew 15 times? Probably not. But, you know, in the in the end, in the end it's all about getting better and having good games and improving from that. Um, one of the things with I mean, as much as I'd like to have sort of a bracket tournament champion sort of thing. You know, there's just a lot of restrictions with these right, non local right. teams coming in and even local teams that are playing. I mean, you've got, you know, you've got ACT on Saturday morning, you've got prom Saturday night, you got so whatever just, other day. You've got, you know, all these different Just for our
0: listeners so you, they, they know, so Sycamore is, they're not in their high school season. So technically it's a club team, right? Um, and so there's some difficulties right, right. and stuff
2: sometimes when they right. travel
0: on who they can and can't play. Is that correct?
2: Exactly. So, so I, Ohio uh, high school season, um, is still on the, it's still, yeah. I say still, because we used to be, that shows, <laughs> oh, uh, are, that, yeah. I guess that shows my age a little bit, but, um, y- y- yeah, <laughs> uh, Sycamore's in the fall. So they can't play. It's, it's some restrictions that I haven't a thousand percent looked into, but that I know are pretty accurate that they can't play in, e, in okay.
0: any, any Chicago teams,
2: right? In, schools, in their all. Right. right. Any Chicago teams. So bet- between, so basically they've got to only play Missouri teams, um you know so that yeah, throws totally. sort of a wrench in everything and and then the and then the and then the other three Chicago teams I don't really think they want to travel five hours to play each it, other right yeah I hear to you. play each I hear other you. exactly I mean yeah. last year yeah. Charlie me and you were up at yeah. we were up at Fenwick and had to play each other and it was like yeah, right. it's just the way it goes it's nobody's fault but it's it's sort of it, it's sort of it's kind of like a it's yes. sort of a buzzkill you know so between all that you know, that's that it sort of adds up. And as much as I'd like to do the tournament format, I, you know, I think this works for now. And some people, like, you know, like, like Wes had to play three games Saturday and right. none on Friday, blaming. two on Thursday. That's tough. It's tough, yeah. but, you know, I, I, I certainly don't make the schedule and overlook it. Yeah. I just try and, I, I admit it, Coach, try I and thought mitigate it. Was great. And
0: the, the tournament of death was a compliment, might I add. So, all right. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is your second year, just met. Uh, Talk a little bit about your uh, varsity squad this year. I know you had a senior ceremony at the DeSmet invite. There were about four or five guys there. So tell us a little bit about that varsity squad.
2: Yeah, so we've got – our varsity squad's got five seniors this year. Um, Two of them have had some, you know, long bouts of of sickness the past couple weeks of just sort of lingering flu that's sort of taken them out, and it's kind of one of those things where we tried to battle through it, and at this point we've pretty much just – kind of shut it down. Hey, when you get healthy, you get healthy. Otherwise we just kind of got to roll with what we have, you know? Um, so we're hopeful that those guys can come back, but at the same time, we, we, you know, we've got a good group. Um, we've got a lot of juniors, a lot of, you know, and then outside of those two seniors that have been um, ill lately, we've got, you know, three others that play majority of the minutes. Um, our, our, one of our senior that capt- they happen to be our captains, Alex Pullman. Um, he'll, he'll be, you know, I would say he's probably in the discussion for some, um, all district awards and whatnot uh, Jay Dolan like I said previously he'll, he'll likely be in the conversation for the top one or two goalies and then um, my little brother Tegan Thomas um, will likely be in that all district conversation as well um, those guys have been playing great I've got a good really good group of juniors that are improving by the day I've got some sophomores that are playing um, varsity kind of by necessity they're sort of learning uh, by getting thrown into the fire but they're really doing well kind of Going from playing one minute at the beginning of the season to now, you know, five, six, seven, eight minutes as we go. And, and they've shown a lot of promise there. So if we can get those guys stepping up, our sort of up and our, I would imagine many schools sort of feel like me where our season's been up and down. Um, you never know what's going to happen. But um, I think, you know, we can sort of keep trending up if those guys keep stepping up. And you guys had your senior night uh,
1: this last Saturday. I um, always enjoy seeing those senior nights, and uh, it was announced there that, uh, as you mentioned, your brother, Tegan Thomas, is going to be playing uh, next year at Mercyhurst, which is the uh, first announcement I've heard of, of uh, one of our athletes going to play uh, collegiately. So very exciting. Talk a little bit about um, seeing him go off to play at Mercyhurst and uh, just continuing to send St. Louis athletes to play at the college level.
2: Yeah, of course. I, um, you know, it's kind of been full circle for me. I, uh, you know, as I mentioned previously, I played at uh, University of Redlands down in Southern California, you know, about 10 years ago or so. And um, my second choice, I, I, you know, I looked at five or six different schools um, to play polo at, and I got it narrowed down to Redlands and Mercyhurst. So I was very close to going to Mercyhurst, and it's a really good program. Um, the head coach, Curtis Rabinet took it over, oh, it seems like almost 20 years ago at this point. I don't know the exact number, but Um, They were, they were very, they were struggling and he's got it to a very competitive program now. Um, So we're lucky enough that he's still there running the show. Um, When I, when um, one of our fellow slap coaches, Andrew Shonoff, who's a, um, a, I'm pretty sure he's in the Mercyhurst Athletic Hall of Fame there. He had such a a storied career there as a water bowl player. He sort of jumped all over that and, and contacted Curtis. Hey, you should look at this kid. And it just sort of kind of took off from there. Tegan was looking at a couple other places, but this seemed like it was the best match for him. Um, you know, and as far as playing in college goes, it's, it's such a tough, um, it's such a tough conundrum. I've talked to you guys about it. I've talked to, you know, dozens of other coaches. I I totally get where kids are coming from. Do I want to go where all my friends are going or, you know, do this, do that. Or do I want to go play at a school that, probably no one's really ever heard of, but in the water polo community, everybody knows it sort of deal. Do I want to go East? Do I want to go West? This is expensive. This isn't what's the best for me. It's a really tough decision. And I I get that. Um, Our goal, not so much at DeSmet, but with our club team slap is, you know, Hey, we want to put as many guys and girls in, you know, we want to give them that opportunity to, if they want to play college polo to get them there. Um, You know, I know a few college coaches, I have a few connections, but, our club director, Miguel Figueres, I mean, as you guys know, he knows everybody. Um, so if you've got an interest in playing polo, we're, we're there to help you out, um, get you steered in the right direction. And the biggest piece of advice I'd have for any junior or, or you know, late senior at this point in high school that's thinking about playing club polo is you got to get on it. You know, you, you've you got to kind of own this. You've got to start reaching out I, I, as good of a polo player as you are. You know, nobody's coming to Missouri to come, see, you know, to come to come watch it. You got to you got to stick yourself out there. You got to grow. You got to be a little uncomfortable. You got to call somebody. You got to send an email. And once you get those things moving, you know, college coaches are, are, are just that—they're college coaches. They're not scary people. Um, but it's it's a lot of work. It's something you got to want. But I think I still definitely think it's doable from kids from this area.
1: Yeah, that's great to see because I know. Oh, I mean, as you just said, uh your club, our club, and I think at pretty much all the clubs in the area are excited to see. Uh, people go out and play so um, definitely congrats to Tegan we'll be excited to see that road continue on as it did with Andrew off at Mercyhurst and Nikki Barella uh, from Kirkwood also had a great career over at Mercyhurst
0: so. all right so we usually wrap up talking a little bit about the top 10 but we are recording on Sunday night so the top 10 for this week has not been released uh, but something that kind of Ray and I discussed before the podcast was uh, we got a lot of teams right now. You would kind of mentioned some illnesses and stuff, and I know the uh, I was watching on the news. The flu is extended to about 20 weeks or so. A lot of kids have been sick, um, dealing with some issues um, team-wise um, across St. Louis. That being said, um, I was commenting to Coach Butler at Lindbergh the other day that um, I feel like no team is safe as we kind of roll into the end of the season, and I, I know you guys have dropped a couple that have obviously probably wanted to win this past couple days, but I feel like uh, there's no guarantee on who's going to be in the Final Four this year and that those games to play into the final four are going to be are going to be huge and on any given day I mean there's six or seven teams that maybe even eight teams that you know if somebody's playing well and somebody's playing a little bit off um, could, could make it in there so what are your thoughts on on that as uh, as we roll into last I don't know four or five weeks of districts
2: yeah and it's just that I think you know the moment I and obviously I think you guys have probably had plenty of these conversations I think we're all on the same page it's to me it's the moment I start thinking well, really, anybody. I mean, I, 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 you know, all credit to Coach Panella and Slew's water bowl program. I think they're still the favorite, hands down. Um, they still got some really good players. And Ray, your brother's playing, um, incredible. I'm, I'm real happy to see how, how much success he's having. Those guys are still sort of in the lead and, and, and the favorites. But as soon as I start talking myself into, well, anybody from, you know, the top four can beat them. Well, stretch that to the top five. Well, stretch it to the six. Well, let's stretch it to seven or eight. You know, anybody really you know, in that top sort of eight is uh, on on a good day can can knock one of these guys off in a good pool, good day. You know, just the way it's working. I, I truly feel that way. I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, hey, we you know, we lost to Slew in a really tough game a couple of days ago. They beat they they beat the pants off of us. I mean, we didn't give up and, and we play I, I like the way we finished the game up there, but um, you know, credit to those guys. But I, I still really feel like whether it's us or or, or or you guys at West or whoever it may be, um, I, I feel like some teams have a good chance, and that's no disrespect to anybody. Other than just what we've been talking about, the parity is everywhere. I mean, even the teams that aren't you know quote unquote as strong uh, as perceived, the, the you know most of them have a, a dominant player that on a yeah. good day, if you, if your team's not ex- on a on <laughs> a good day, if your team's not executing a game plan. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be in trouble That's and, and yeah. you're going to be in trouble. And and I think we, we all agree on that and it makes for an exciting year and, and it almost even stretches. Um, and I, I don't, I don't keep up with Illinois polo that much other than taking a quick glance in here and having coach conversations. But, um, you know, Stevenson and Fenwick are two of the powerhouse programs up there and they came down and they were a little, um, you know, up and down as well. I saw Fenwick play great. And then I saw him Play not as great as well, just like any other team. And I just think right now the parity is just sort of running through everybody. And to be honest with you, I think that's good for the sport. I think, um, or, or I, sh- I should say, good for our league. I think it opens it up a little bit. And and even if if Slew is the favorite, I think it gives some other teams a little more confidence that, hey, you know, this isn't a done deal sort of deal. All right, All right.
0: cool. Well, I think that kind of wraps uh, up what we've got to ask. Ray, you got anything you want to add? I do not. No, you do not. All right. Uh, Coach Taylor, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, this is Charlie. This is Ray. And this is the Near Silo podcast. Thank you.